Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management on 94.3 The Point. I'm Vin Avenue here Sunday morning, and we've got a couple special guests, because if one guest is good on this show, two are even better. Uh, Colts Neck High School Athletic Director David Zwerz and Minalpin High School Athletic Director Beth English, who is, uh, you can't see it here on radio, but she's uh, having, a, having a ball, and we haven't even gotten started yet. So welcome both of you on in. <laughs> Thank you very much to be here. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Super fired up, Beth. Mm-hmm. Always. Always. <laughs> well, we're here to talk for everybody out there listening about uh, all the great work the Shore Conference is doing for uh, the student athletes competing here across Ocean and Monmouth counties. Um, and want to start bo- with both of you with something that we've touched on in the past, and that is the, the student ambassadors program and everything that has come along with it. Uh, Dave, I want to start with you. Just how did this all come to be? Because, you know, in the past, we touched on the importance of addressing mental health with student athletes, whether that's, uh, you know, their performance on the field, in the classroom, off the field, kind of dealing with the wins and the losses and the individual performances and so forth. Um, And there's just so much that goes into the makeup of any given athlete here. But how did the student ambassadors program come to be, and what? How does it help all these different student athletes? Uh, sure. Uh, about three years ago, um, we we had looked at um, doing something similar at the conference level to what the state does. The NJSIAA has a student ambassador program, and um, they, I'm sure they had the same motives. They they wanted to provide a direct forum for student athletes to, you know, voice their opinions, share their their um, viewpoints, you know, ask questions, you know, discuss things basically with, you know, the people who are in charge. So we decided as a short conference of three years ago to do the same thing. Um, I was lucky enough to be asked to kind of get it going along with some others. And uh, we've, it's kind of just morphed into, we we keep adding a little bit every year, you know, but the, the main goal of the program was, you know, to, for it to be student led, you know, student directed, but for, or mainly, you know, these kids to have a direct voice to athletic directors, basically, you know, they have a, a direct line with athletic administrators. And uh, that's, that's what we did. We, you know, the, how it's formatted is we, each school in the shore conference, uh, which there's, you know, 46 member schools, they each pick two ambassadors, uh, one junior and one senior uh, each year. It's a, it's a two-year term. So obviously the junior would then be the senior the following year. So uh, once it, once it's off the ground, um, you know, schools just have to select a new, a new student um, each year. And uh, you, you try to do one male, one female, obviously Trinity and CBA, they do, uh, you know, two female, two, two male, but, um, that's kind of how it's formatted. Uh, we meet four times a year. Uh, you know, the first two years were unfortunately affected by COVID. Uh, we did, you know, the first year was really all zoom. Uh, and then last year we actually finally got to meet in person. So that was really good. And then this year we've, uh, we've met twice, uh, via zoom, but we'll meet in person later in the year. Um, and, and Beth, in, in getting involved with this program, what are some things that you've, you've found that a lot of student athletes are, are struggling with? You know, what we have to realize is that kids, adults, people in education, out of education, it's very difficult to be a kid right now. I mean, just in the society that we live in, 
it, it's not like we what, how it used to be. And we got to stop using those excuses or, or putting up our hands. We need to realize um, the effects and of our society has on these kids, you know, um, the res- who's responsible for mental health. Well, you know, obviously parents, school communities, school staff, athletes themselves, but um, just having open and honest conversations with the kids makes such a difference. Um, if they feel respected, they feel safe. That's when good things happen. So if we want change in the positive direction, we need to change our thinking. We need to end the stigmatism of if we talk about mental health or we or depression on any level, then it, it, it automatically must mean that it's suicidal. There, there's a scale here, you know, and it's all about asking for help when you need help um, and recognizing the big, the big issues. And I know as an athletic director, we have to listen to our athletes, but then we also have to, you know, teach and give resources to our coaches and to our parents. The more we communicate openly, the better. Um, in our research and in our own professional development and reading and just working with the kids, you know, we focus on the five causes of mental health issues in athletes. And number one, overwhelmingly is anxiety. Um, going back to the, going back to the fact that it's harder to be kids now. Um, I blame a lot of that on social media because everything's immediate and everything's out there. Um, whether it's true or false, but there's such a high concern of performance on and off the field. How are you supposed to balance when you see these things on social media that almost are unattainable? It's hard to balance sports, school, expectations. You have pressure from parents, self-pressure, comparing um, yourself to other people's and personal records and, oh, if they're doing that, I should be doing that. Um, And then just, you know, typical athlete problems, coping with an injury. You know, the, they don't have that toolbox of resilience and grit um, like that past generations have. Um, so we need to really start building that toolbox for our athletes um, and anything that, you know, disruption with identity, you know, uh, then you have clinical depression. You have to recognize the signs of that. You know, one out of the six um, ages six through 17 experience some sort of health, mental health disorder. Um, so that that's a very high, you know, number. Um, suicide remains the third leading cause of death in athletes. Um, there's a lot of common depression disorders, ADHD, anxiety, depression, like that we just need to advocate, educate, and discuss it, you know. Then you have burnout. The idea of a three-sport athlete doesn't really exist anymore. You mm. know, you have Aaron Judge, right, who is like the MVP and he's so great, but um, he played all three sports in college, uh, yeah. in high school. Yeah. Um, so that pressurized and trend to specialize in one sport is also leading to mental health issues in some athletes because not only the overuse of muscle groups that can result in this, but there's no mental or physical break from that competition. And when you don't have that, it kind of becomes the rat race of the youth. Um, the enjoyment of the sport and the love and the passion of the sport kind of fades and it's all about the results instead of the uh, process, right? So, and society once again has led that, right? It, we don't talk about the whole process and the journey of sports right. on Twitter or Instagram. We focus on the outcome and the result. Like, look, here's my personal record, or this is broken, or this is great. When, you know, stats are a great thing, 
But, you know, it should be about the journey, the process, why I became an athletic director and why I love sports is because of all the life lessons that are embedded in sports. And some of them, those life lessons are overcoming adversity, not being the best, working hard, but not achieving, you know, it should be focused on not being the best, you know, athlete or the best, you know, stat maker, but being the best teammate. So I think we are really maybe focusing on, on the wrong thing society-wise because that unattainable perfection and too high of standards is going to lead to a lack of self-worth. And again, the competition with themselves and social media only fuels this you know, across the board. And uh, great point. So, and the question could be for, for either of you in, in response to this. Do you, do you find that just hearing from the student-athletes are just kind of gathering information just from across social media or other platforms that there's more pressure on today's student athletes to play one sport and kind of craft their skills in that one particular sport or to play multiple sports and, you know, listen into the, the idea to develop muscle groups or develop skills or team concepts and everything. What are some things that student athletes are struggling with or that they're adapting well to? I think, you know, I think it depends on the athlete and it depends on the athlete's village around them. You know, so we, a lot of modern athletes, like Beth said, you know, they, they do have burnout. You know, one telling thing is that we saw, you know, one to begin with, you know, last year's student ambassadors, they, they overwhelmingly chose mental health as the initiative and the focus of this year. And, you know, in our meetings last year, we said, what do you want to do? What do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to accomplish? And they said, we really want to tackle this. So that's, you know, they really put their money where their mouth is this year. But that, and again, and that group also, when we presented at the Youth Leadership um, Forum at Friel Township, you know, and, and Beth put the slide up where she was talking about the five factors and the two most highest being anxiety and burnout. We said, who in this room has, has felt that? Every hand went up. Um, I think, you know, is there more pressure to stick to one sport? Um, I think, yeah. Like if you, if you, when I went to school, yeah, there's definitely more pressure when, when I, I graduated in 2002, there's more pressure now to stick with one sport just because there's more, um, there's more stakeholders involved. You know, you have travel coaches who have trapped, you know, you're talking about like full-time travel memberships where, when I played, we played in the spring basketball. That was it. We played AU in the spring and maybe a little bit into the summer. But then in the summer, we were we were doing summer leagues and workouts with our high school team. Now, travel has become this year-long membership. And you're talking, and when there's dollars involved, then, you know, they have a, an interest in keeping that student-athlete playing that sport because now there's money involved, you know, where, you know, the high school level, it's, you know, the motives are probably more altruistic, but you know, that's, that's one really big factor is the travel, you know, the AAU and the travel world has just as is much more involved than they were 20 years ago. And it's, it, it's heightened the standard, right? Like if you don't play year round, you're never going to get to this level. Well, is that the end goal? Again, it's the process versus the outcome. And you see that. And I, I believe when we are talking about money and the multiple stakeholders, 
we lose we lose the process and it's all about the outcome. Like, are we nationally ranked? Are we going to be in the national qualifiers? We need to go to this tournament. You're not going to be seen by certain colleges unless you're here or at this showcase. You know, and you're talking about kids at 12 years old being told this. So yeah. if that's, if that's a, a, an attain, unattainable goal that is already being fostered before they in middle school or even at sometimes before middle school, that's a very scary thing. And it's just going to be built and become more magnified and part of a kid's identity. If you're telling a kid at 12, 12 years old, you're going to be a lacrosse player and we're going to spend our money and we're not going to go our, our family holidays and our family vacations are going to go around like wherever your tournament mm -hmm. is. I mean, that un unfortunately turns out to become part of a kid's identity, which now you have a kid since playing lacrosse since he was 10 years old, travel lacrosse, gets to high school. It's not really his jam anymore. That is really hard for a young adult to deal with, you know, who's not well adjusted, you know, and uh, where do they go? How do they talk about it? And they're not alone. And that is the purpose of this, um, the, this ambas ambassador, you know, initiative. And I see it even in Manalpin. We have formed our own clubs where we met, meet just to talk about it. And again, going back to establishing a toolbox for them. Okay, this is happening now. What? Mm. It, it, in, in hearing the feedback from these student athletes, um, and then how do you have those conversations with the coaches at, at your schools? And then how is the short conference working? Maybe with coaches to, to have that message about playing either one sport or multiple sports. You know, in a lot in a lot of ways. Um, you know, where where I was, I I played football and I ran track, uh, winter and spring track when I was in high school. Um, and whether it was at my school or just other schools around the area, it was like coaches would encourage you to play another sport in the winter and the spring whenever you weren't in that sport or the, the, the prime sport where you know you felt you were your best at, uh, rather than just staying stagnant and not working out, not doing anything, better to go out and participate in another sport than not doing anything and getting yourself out of shape. Uh, but how do, you, how do you have the conversation, knowing what you do now, the short conference, hearing from the student athletes, how do you have those conversations amongst athletic directors and amongst coaches at, at short conference high schools to say, hey, here's how they're feeling, here's how we should approach this so that they can get the most out of their sport physically and mentally? I think it, you know, most coaches, you know, most head coaches want their, want their athletes to compete. You know, and whether so if it means, OK, you're not going to play, you know, I'm a softball coach and I have, you know, two of my best girls, they want to play basketball and they want to run cross country. Most, you know, most coaches are going to say good because that, then I know you're competing year round. And that's that's a skill in itself is competing because now you're getting those life skills that Beth was talking about, you know, adversity, winning, losing. And you're not going to you're also not going to burn out from that sport wise, too. So I think most most head coaches that you talk to, you know, are are pro multi-sport athletes. And, you know, obviously, ultimately, though, it's it's the student athlete and their family's decision what they want to do. You can't force them to participate in two or three sports. All you can do at you know the building level is encourage it. You know, I encourage it with my head coaches and I let them know, like, I want, if any of our athletes ever come to you and ask, you know, 
if if it's okay if they play other sports, always encourage it and say, yeah, of course, we want you to compete. Yeah, and we want you to we want you to try other things. So they, you know, they we, you know, I can speak for myself. I encourage it, but you know, I don't know what you can do other than that. Maybe incentivize it. I know some schools do like you know they have like triple threat awards where they award athletes who you know play three sports and stuff like that. But you know. Beth can comment further, but ultimately it is a, an individual and a family decision. I think we, I mean, I feel completely supported on this initiative by the Shore Conference, uh, by our executive board and all our Shore Conference ADs. When we speak at our general meetings, um, they give us a platform always. I always feel supported um, if we start an initiative or we need something from um, fellow athletic directors, they step right up um, and they're really willing to give us feedback and anything that we need. So they haven't really limited us on the, the process. They've done nothing but encourage because I think they're, everybody's recognizing the fact that this is an issue that needs to be dealt with because it's not a, if this happens, it's when it happens because it's happening. And, you know, and we need to change with the times and get, get with that. But um, I think we're very uh, progressive as a, as a conference when dealing with this issue. And I think that's going to, you know, give us extreme results. We are, we were actually invited by um, the New Jer- the director of athletic directors in New Jersey to present at our conference, at our, you know, state conference. So people are recognizing it and supporting and giving us a plat- platform to, you know, grow together. Because Dave and I aren't experts on this, but we're listening to the kids. So there's no denying it when it when these issues and these concerns are coming from students. You know, um, this is really their baby. We're around here for the ride and we're just facilitating and supporting, you know, um, and, and it really it's at the end of the day to help all kids. That's that's why we were in education to begin with. So I feel like we've been supportive. I think people are talking about it, which is a great deal. And they're giving us a platform to learn, grow and educate others to help kids. So I, I think it's been a wonderful process so far. Beth, David, want to talk more about this, have to head to a quick break here this morning, but uh, can you stay around? Sure. There we go. Sure, absolutely. More Shore more Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management with Beth English and David's words from Shore Conference Athletics right after this. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor, committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA. SIPC. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management provides clarity through the complexity with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Welcome back to Shore Sports Talk, sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management, right here on 94.3 The Point. I'm Vin Abenu. With me are Beth English and David Zwerz. Beth from Alpine High School, David from Colts Neck High School. They're both with Shore Conference Athletics as well. We've been talking about the Student Ambassadors Program, the issues 
that student athletes in Monmouth and Ocean County high schools have uh, brought up the most and are challenged by the most as well in discussing what's being done and how the messages are being relayed as well. I know we, we talked about burnout and anxiety being two of the biggest issues that student athletes say they're facing nowadays. What are some of the, have they pitched many ways like, hey, here's maybe some things that we could do to alleviate some of that stress, some of that anxiety, uh, whether it's kind of balancing sports and schoolwork or balancing any of the pressures of competing in that sport, especially later in the season, maybe heading toward a playoff bid or toward a personal record or achievement. Um, and, and in turn, what are some of the things that that you found have worked in, in trying to help them out? So I, I can answer on the conference level, and then Beth can probably go deeper. Um, but I can say that, you know, going back to last year, um, they really just wanted to to be exposed to this conversation. Um and that was the biggest thing was, you know, destigmatizing this, normalizing this conversation. And they've done that already this year. That was one of the biggest things was just, you know, talking about it openly, you know, facing it head on. You know, what are some of the risk factors? What are the resources that are available? And, you know, they've done that as a group, um, as a, you know, like I said, we have a subcommittee in the Shore Conference Student Ambassadors, a group of five students who know, volunteered for that. And they, they are doing a really good job. They, you know, along with uh, Beth, they made a slideshow and they presented it to all of the, all of the winter captains and they shared out resources that are available to people who are struggling and also, you know, people who are not struggling, you know, people, you know, just, just knowing that these things exist and talking about it so that it's not, you know, it's just you're normalizing it, you know, just talking about depression doesn't make you depressed, you know, and, and those kind of things. And so I know Beth has taken it um, even further, I think, in her building. So uh, I'll let her uh, answer, too. I think um, even just sharing out the resources, obviously, knowing that there there are places you can go outside of school hours. Um, our student, some of our student ambassadors are going so far to even volunteering at the mental health symposium uh, at Brookdale, um, which is great. And they are being on a student panel. And I really, really support student panels for fellow students and adults because it gives the student athletes or the students a platform to really, a safe platform to feel their feelings and be open and honest. Um, a lot of times when I talk to the students, um, it's a communication factor. They don't want to let their parents down or they don't want to let their team down or their coach down. Um, things that we have just put in place that is, you know, I don't want to say a band-aid, but just a step in the right direction is just being aware and recognizing I'm not good right now. When a kid can say that, when they can self-recognize, you know what, I'm not good. I either need a break. It, it, if it's that mental health day, if it's, yeah, I'm going to, I'm, you know what, I can't even communicating that with your coaches. Like, you know what, coach, I think we might need a day off. I think everybody needs that day off today, or let's have a fun practice, you know, or even, you know, yoga, doing a stretching, mm. doing calisthenics, doing a team building, recognizing that maybe competition, competition, competition every day isn't the answer either. So recognizing what your team needs, what you personally need, and then communicating what you need, you know, um, is huge. So a big self reflection 
and that's with coaches too, you know, um, coaches and student athletes, that is a big thing for them. Sometimes it's as simple as a breathing technique. So we've gone over in our meetings, we've gone over breathing techniques. We've gone over, um, you know, even a simple meditation, like a two minute meditation, maybe even on a bus ride to a game, maybe getting in a different mindset, calming your body, breathing techniques that that are quick to put down your blood pressure and, and are proven to lower anxiety instantly. So it's stuff like that. Um, some people, it's happy thoughts, it's happy memories, it's a certain teammate. So just recognizing one, when you're not okay, how you got there, and what you need to do to get in a better place. And that's that's a personal thing. But giving people ideas, telling people, hey, you're not the first person to feel that way, just that is a relief to some of these student-athletes. It's not a new issue with this, but... When it comes to, I guess, parents or fans at games, um, and I'm going to think that it takes in any school, I mean, the, I guess an extreme example was the scene in Friday Night Lights with one of the the helicopter parent, right, putting pressure on the, um, on their, on, in, the, in that case, on his son. But, you know, do you find that that is creating some anxiety or burnout in hearing from student athletes with either their own parents or others in the, in the bleachers, in the stands, um, saying any number of things, whether they just feel like it's too too much pressure is being put on or there's other things that are getting yelled out that is causing issue for, for you two or any other athletic director or head coach in the short conference, but also putting pressure on student athletes where they feel pressure to perform and they're underperforming because they keep hearing all these voices and all these distractions out there. Is that leading into some of the anxiety and burnout that student athletes are facing? I think social media magnifies mm. that to an nth degree. Um, I think there's pressure from everywhere. Like I said, when that anxiety, it could be pressure from society, social media, siblings, living up to your sibling, li- living up to a-, a record in the school. It could be parent-based. It could be self-based. Mm. These kids could be giving them own self-pressure because I-, I need to be the best, but what is the best? Like I need to do this and this and that, or look at what they're doing. You know, like I said, it's a modern age rat race for these young young athletes where it bigger, better, got to do bigger, got to do better. Um, so I think the avenues are not only from parents, but everywhere, you know, across the board. And again, I think social media only fuels that. I think and even to, to piggyback on that, that was, you know, we we discussed that with last year's group as well was, um, you know, fan behavior and, you know, not only parents, but just other adults. Right, right, yeah. And they, uh, you know, we asked them, you know, do you guys, do you hear those things? And they said, you know, as much as we, you think that we are in the zone and we block it out, we can't help it, but hear it sometimes. And it's embarrassing. And, that, you know, they they said, you know, from they're using their own words, they said that some of the adults at these games are embarrassing. And, you know, that's, that's from their mouth. You know, that, that's not, that's not coming from us who, you know, obviously we have to manage, we're site managers and athletic directors and we deal with the issues head on, but you know, the, it come, this has come from the athletes too. And, um, you know, that's, that's an issue, you know, and it's, it's an issue, you know, even aside from mental health, look at the officials. I mean, we have an officials crisis in this country right now. We're down, conservatively like 40 to $50,000 or 50,000 officials in like the last decade, you know, they're not leaving because of the kids. You know, they're not leaving because of the athletes. So, 
that's uh that's another issue altogether but they they hear it and they they've said that they they hear the comments they hear the the um you know basically just unacceptable behavior and it's embarrassing and and some of them you know even said you know at times we wish they weren't even there because you know over covid they weren't there you know when we played that year following covid there was just two teams and officials and some of the kids said that they didn't mind it you know mm. and that's that's really kind of sad to hear too yeah. isn't it you know like because that it's supposed to be a positive experience for for all of them and you know the the adults in the room should be celebrating them not you know adding any negative negativity to an event but you know that's that's just the reality that we're facing have have you ever found either of you that you know, in the short conference, certainly over the years, has been blessed to have a ton of phenomenal athletes who have either hung it up after high school or who have gone to excel in college and even sometimes at the professional level in any given sport. Uh, that you know, that student athletes seeing those names on the uh, on the records or on the halls inside the school or around the school, they feel like, hey, that's pretty cool. I want to be just like them. Um, and sometimes it kind of fuels uh, their athletic ability and makes them a little better. And sometimes maybe they try too hard to live up to uh, the reputation of another athlete who came before them. And that could lead to any kind of anxiety, any kind of burnout or any kind of injury because they're kind of so hyper-focused on, uh, you know, an athlete that came before them that set a ton of records or had success, or even just from a team perspective, not an individual athlete, um, that a team collectively is putting too much pressure on themselves to win the school's first championship in a given sport or or try to win a big important matchup I think it I don't think there's any um, one answer and when it when it, when you're talking about pressure and anxiety there's never one source you know and I think it comes from a, a bunch of different avenues um, it could come from home it could come from teammates it could come from historical pressure like you said or it could be self-imposed mm. you know that there's a there's a bunch of different ways that you know and i think some athletes could funnel it like you said positively but you know some might have trouble with it you know I, um i don't know if beth can elaborate, wants to elaborate on that but that you know that i would think my viewpoint on that is that it's never one thing yeah, I, I tend to see what people uh, and what at least athletes have expressed it to me. It, it it's across the board. It's a little bit of everything, and and it could switch within a game and or a week or within the day, wh where the pressure is coming from. But it, it's pressure in general, for sure. Because sometimes the pressure isn't even sports specific. Mm. Sometimes the pressure is how am I going to do this and get school and have a social life and 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 pay for prom like sometimes the pressure isn't even about sports it's about being a kid yeah that cross that crosses over to the field or or the or the court you know that that that's a different entity in itself so i think it's just really managing those emotions managing the wins and losses in, in not only on the field but in life so there's a lot of different pressures and avenues and again magnified by the social media aspect of it that pressure can switch within a, a class period with this program and certainly beyond it uh what are some things that the short conference is doing to avail any forums any platform for student athletes at any school whoever to 
go to their coach, go to their AD, or go to the short conference as well, say, hey, here's what's on my mind, here's what's bothering me, or maybe even offer up solutions, say, hey, I think this could be a good idea that could work for other athletes, um, to just give student-athletes who want to talk about something or pitch an idea uh, to the short conference that could help out other athletes. What are some ways that um, the other short conference is doing that for student-athletes? So um, I'll let Beth take that because she, she was one of the – she was uh, – primary person who shared out of resources to every, all of our athletic directors. And, you know, hopefully that they would then take that to the building level and take it to the coaches and, and let them know that these are what, you know, these are some of the things that these kids are saying. And, um, you know, these are some of the ways that we can listen to them better. So let Beth take that on. Yeah. I mean, it's resources, uh, you know, specifically to New Jersey and then even more specifically to Monmouth County. Monmouth and Ocean County, which is a short conference, but it's even just coming up with an action plan and sharing what each other do and molding it to your own school culture and what will work in your building. So, you know, what we, we have really been doing, you know, through the student ambassador and through, you know, on the short conference is giving a platform and giving resources for their kids, but also resources for their coaches. You know, our coaches equipped to handle a situation. Do they know? And if they don't hear, this is what we do. Hey, what do you do? Let's share that out and make, you know, um, an action plan for everyone, you know? So you, you got to protect your coaches as much as you're protecting your athletes too. And, and by being proactive that way, you know, a coach could be on a bus ride home at 8 PM. They get back to school. There's no administrator. There's no guidance. You know, are we equipping them correctly? Are they, do they know the protocol? Do they have resources? What do they do? Cause they're in the trenches, our coaches, mm. those are the people, those are our bridges, <laughs> you know? Um, so they're in the trenches. So it's, it's not only the students, but again, it's, it's getting everyone on board. You know, I want to have a night for all the parents, for the parents to recognize, like, listen, these are some of the signs. Have you openly discussed this with your kid? You know, these are, these are issues that they're dealing with. Cause you know, some kids, it's hard to communicate that, you know, it's hard for adults to communicate when they're not feeling okay. Sure. So um, as long as we keep on sharing out those resources, doing game plans, and this is an issue that will forever be evol- evolving, right? There's no right or wrong answer here. It's not like, hey, we got to do this. No, it's going to be constantly evolving for what our society and more importantly, what our students need. Um, so as long as we're open to that and open to share, I think that's great. And like I said, we'll, we'll be presenting on the state level at our convention. So hopefully that even opens us up to more avenues and more people and more resources um, and more voices just to help our student athletes. And last question, I'll give you both an opportunity to, to speak here. Just um, what, are some, what are some of the things either about the Student Ambassadors Program or some things that the SHORE Conference is doing as a whole that that you want to get out there to student athletes, to coaches, to parents across Monmouth and Ocean County, um, you know, who have a student athlete in the district or any number of districts? Uh, the biggest thing I would say is just to, to make sure that, that they follow and subscribe, you know, all of their, their school's accounts, like, you know, Twitter, follow the website, just, you know, check their parent link emails because a lot of, a lot of districts are, are already doing a good job of sharing out resources and, and sending out, um, you know, 
dates and times of events, you know, like for example, you know, the, the February, the wellness symposium at Brookdale, you know, we've, we've shared that out and, you know, we have a subcommittee of ambassadors who are going to attend and help out with that event. So there, there's just the, you know, making sure that their, their ears are open because there, there's a lot of stuff, you know, that we're, we have out there already. Um, but the short conference, like, like Beth said, they're, they're doing a good job of, you know, I'm proud to be a part of the conference because, like Beth said, every initiative with this program and, you know, everything we've asked for and, you know, can we do this? We've, we've been told yes every step of the way because the bottom line is if any of these resources that we're making available or any initiative that we do moving forward, you know, um, can, does anything or saves one life, then that's, that's so well worth it. You know, the, the, that's the bottom line is that, you know, can we just help one person? Then, then it was a success because if people know what's available to them, then they know the help that's available to them. And, you know, like we said, even if it's not a student athlete who's depressed or hurting, they, their friend might be, and they know now they know how to help. So, and that's, that goes hand in hand, you know, what we were talking about earlier with equipping the coaches. And so my biggest advice, you know, to parents would be to just to, to make sure they're following everything because there's going to be more and more events coming out um, to attend and to, to expose themselves to, and just, you know, informationally, really. I would just say um, foster a respectful, safe environment where open communication is key. Um, and know who your son or daughter's trusted adult is outside the home. Like check in with them because kids need a trusted adult that they can go to. Um, because as we know, it takes a village and no one does this alone. So just making sure that they foster those healthy and maintain those healthy relationships is key. Beth, David, appreciate your time this morning in talking about the Student Ambassadors Program and really just everything that the Shore Conference is doing for its student-athletes across Monmouth and Ocean Counties and great things out of it so far and certainly continued success and definitely look forward to touching base again in the future, uh, the three of us and and maybe Harry too, uh, talking about (laughs) the head of the Shore Conference there um, and talking about all the issues affecting student-athletes. Really appreciate both your times. Thank you. Thank you very much for having us. That is David Zwerz, Beth English from Shore Conference Athletics. More Shore Sports Talk sponsored by Shoreline Wealth Management right after this on 94.3 The Point. Let's face it, investment concepts and financial planning can be very intimidating and confusing. Shoreline Wealth Management addresses that feeling head on. Their goal is to educate you while offering financial advice without buzzwords and jargon. Shoreline includes you in the process and makes you comfortable every step of the way. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor. Visit shorelinewealth.com for more information and start your financial journey with comfort and security today. Shoreline Wealth Management with offices in Manchester and Manahawkin. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. Whether you're in the early stages of investing, getting ready to retire, or planning your estate, you need a financial planner who will guide you on a clear path with honesty and transparency. Shoreline Wealth Management understands that you're more than your money, and they strive to help you realize your best life as they align your finances with your goals. Best of all, Shoreline's straightforward approach will include you in the process. Shoreline Wealth Management is your financial anchor, committed to helping you weather life storms. Visit ShorelineWealth.com for more information today. ShorelineWealth.com. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA. SIPC.